deposits, cash or bank transfer? Are they the only ways? Can we be clever in what we hand over to secure a property? We're going to find out what's allowed and what's not when we speak today with Kiani Mills from KLM Conveyancing about what type of deposit you can use to buy a property. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Copyright is reaching all parts of Melbourne to ensure real estate agents can sell your property. In the last week, we have helped homeowners and investors in Brunswick West, Richmond, Flemington, Oakley South, Bentley, Malvern, South Yarra, Brighton, Port Melbourne, Elwood, Aspendale and Frankston, just to name a few. And we are keen to grow into your area and help you get buyers to your door. Why not give us a try? Founding owner of KLM Conveyancing, Kiani Mills has created a unique and successful conveyancing service with offices in Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland. Kiani started her business seven years ago while single-handedly raising two young children building her reputation through drive, determination, trust and accountability to the business it is today. A reputable speaker, appearing on Ticker Property News, the Geared for Growth podcast and recently attending a Tony Robbins conference. Welcome, Kiani. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I love coming on the show. Oh, thanks for coming on again. How's the market going? It's obviously like booming still. Oh, it's just crazy. It really is. Mind you, a little bit of a success story. I had a beautiful client of mine who came to me from one of my best friends for 15 years and she was really nervous and she didn't know what to do. So she bid on a property or she put in an offer prior to auction last week and the range was 710 to 750. Yeah. And I said, all right, so what are you going to offer? She goes, I'm going to go in with 790. I was like, "Wow, that's forty thousand dollars higher." Yeah. And she's like, "I know, but this is what the prop, this is what the market's doing. Everyone's going in high. It's going to go high anyway. I'm just going to try and go out and knock them all out." Yeah, that property ended up selling for eight hundred and twenty thousand. So another forty thousand dollars on top. Yeah, thirty thousand on 30, top. Yeah. She then randomly went to an auction on Saturday and was like, "No, nah, I don't even like it. I'm not fast." Blah blah blah. Double the block size. House needed a little bit of work. Yeah. But this one, its range was higher. It was 760 to 790. Yeah. And at auction, no one bid. She put in one bid at 780. The vendor wouldn't accept it. So then she put in a second bid at 790 and one at 790. Wow. It was meant to be. Doubled size. I said, so there's still success stories out there. Yeah. Not Everything is going for $100,000 over. Mm. There are still some really positive things in the market. So yeah. we're booming, but, you know, yeah. it's not all <laughs> scary. Do- it's keeping your eyes open and, yeah, seeing seeing what's out there. Because, like, I've, I've got a friend who uh, has just bought himself a block, a block in Braybrook um, mm. and wanted something under 700000 and en- enough to be able to develop on it. And he did it. He was able to get... A family size block, which is able to be subdivided if in the future, 
and mm-hmm. that's his first home he got. So, yeah. yeah. And if you're securing your circumstances yeah. and you know your top number, you'll be able to find it. Yep. So be patient. Yep, that's for sure. Now, today we are talking about deposits. What can buyers hand over to be considered a deposit? A bit of a touchy subject, um, one that's outside the square, but strange and wonderful things have been handed over as a deposit. And now it's just understanding what's possible and what's not. So, you know, gone are the days where we had come to an auction and purchased a property with a checkbook in hand. So... Not many people have checkbooks anymore, do they? No. See, COVID has done many amazing things for us as well yeah. as plenty of horrible things. But in my mind, the amazing side is really digi- digitalizing yeah. the entire process. Mm. And that includes wiping the floor with bank checks. PEXA yeah. did it for us two years ago. Yeah. But now COVID at the auction, no, no, it's all done on our phone. Yeah, it's all electronically transferred. No more bank checks. No more bank checks. Okay. So now I've got a big list of items that are great deposits. However, some of them need clarification. Yes, Keani's laughing at me because she thinks that my list is a bit far-fetched, but that's okay. Some people will have tried these options. Yes, they will have. (laughs) Yeah. Now, when buying a home, can we use cash as a deposit? That's a fairly simple Definitely. Definitely. Cash is king. Now, we may have to deposit that cash into a bank account, but Nonna's piles of money underneath her mattress, yeah. 100% okay. Okay, cool. Now, are people still using their checks occasionally? They can. They can, but no. That's personal check, <laughs> that is, yeah. Yeah. Look, it, again, most most um, agents will accept it, but it goes straight into their trust account. Yeah. Um, However, when it comes to um, if we were making a deposit for or without a real estate agent, it would have to be a bank check, mm. which you've got to go into the bank, know the amount. So if there was no agent involved, the only check you'd be able to use is a bank check. Mm. And to be able to get a bank check, you've got to go into the bank, you've got to know the amount, who to, then you hand it over. It takes three business days to clear. Mm. Or you can walk into the bank and say, can you transfer this amount from this account to this account? No worries. It'll be there within the hour. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll cost you, what, 30 bucks or something usually, doesn't it? Oh, and, and there's the fee, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're probably handing over $100,000, you know, 30 bucks. Mm. I mean, it's more the timing. Why would I waste three business days I know. when it could be there in an hour? Mm. Right. Bank transfers are okay. Yes. Yes. Bank transfers are the preference. The preference. Okay. How about cash in foreign currency? Ooh, cash. This is a good one. Yeah. Because cash in foreign currency, we would have to get it obviously transferred into our bank account, yeah. which would mean that we need the SWIFT code. So it's okay as long as the actual end amount transfers into Aussie. Yeah. Cool. So it can be done as long as the banks allow it. Okay. Now, obviously a bank check is still okay, which we've already discussed. Yep. How about a deposit bond? <sighs> Predominantly, we only really see deposit bonds mm-hmm. with off-the-plan purchases. Okay. If you're buying, if you're buying a property and an auction or private sale, mm-hmm. the settlement date's usually 30, 60 or 90 days. 
a normal deposit bond can take about 30 days just to get. Yeah. And there's a fee involved. So it's not worth and then you, And then you have to call on the deposit bond to get the money transferred at settlement. So to me, it's a big fat waste of time. Mm. You're better off negotiating pay no deposit until settlement or pay, you know, a $5,000 or $10,000 as much cash as you've got. Yeah. With off the plans, the reason why it is a bit more popular and a bit more frequently used is because a lot of off the plan purchases take two or three years. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. Yes, but I had a client the other day actually ask me if they could pay via deposit bond. Mm. And one of the gentlemen that I work with, a broker, said they had one option where you could log on and put in the application and almost instantly get a reply back with a, yes, guaranteed deposit bond, go for it. Mm. But we had one of our big deposit bond companies, I think it was Deposit Power, Mm. shut up shop through COVID, which they've now reopened, but it made a few people nervous. So Mm. vendors may be very uninclined to accept a deposit bond. Yeah, fair enough. I know people who have gold and silver bullion. Can I hand over a nice big chunk of <laughs> gold or silver? How would one value? <laughs> how would you know how much it would be? <laughs> well, you'd sort of see what it was on the day that it was transferred over. But anyway. My answer to that would be probably no. Probably no? Oh. No. You'd probably have to go and get it cashed in first, then give me the cash. Okay. Now, is there a difference between bonds and deposit bonds? Kind of. Yeah. So deposit bond is for the purposes of a deposit under a contract of sale. Mm. Bond can be many, many other things in other areas, not just specifically for real estate. But there's also bank guarantees. Yeah. So bank guarantees are one step closer to an ideal for a vendor or a developer because it is done via the bank, the lending institution that guarantees the funds yes. as opposed to a deposit bond being guaranteed by a third party. Okay. So it's a bit more secure, the, the, the bank guarantee hmm. as opposed to a deposit bond. But, yes, a bond is then something different again. Okay. Now, I've just had a big win on the uh, trifecta of Melbourne Cup it's a lot of cash in my TIB account. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to spend, and I want to spend now. Can I use my TIB account <laughs> to buy <property>? no. <laughs> <laughs> no. You can go to the TIB and get cash out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cash is king. It keeps coming back. It does. And you can give cash, but no, you cannot pay me via your TIB account. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, I have heard people try. Oh, you know what? My my favourite saying to all of my clients is everything in this world is negotiable mm. except when it's written into a contract of sale. And it's specifically written into a contract of sale, the types of deposits. <laughs> TAB is not there. Yeah, <laughs> that's not there. Damn. How about, how about um, a bit of Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency? Yeah, no, yeah. no, all the same thing. No. Yeah. Do you know what? Funnily enough, I was at the South Melbourne market yesterday mm-hmm. at the deli getting some ham. They accepted Bitcoin. Oh. At the deli. Well, why not? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sale of Land Act doesn't allow it, but the local South Melbourne Market Deli does. Okay. Well, that's nice to know. Um, yeah, now, how about I've got a few stocks um, and shares going on. How about some dividends from my shared portfolio? Again, non-tangible. I need to see the cash, cold hard cash. Oh, okay. Sorry. Cleared funds as well it needs to be cleared. Cleared funds. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is your favourite one, I know. Um, <laughs> how about something like an object? Like I've got a nice Tesla out there. It's only got 2,000 Ks on it or a um, nice Rolex watch, or maybe um, a nice bag of cocaine. Um, <laughs> would any of those be acceptable deposits? <laughs> oh, look, once again, if you can transfer that into cold hard cash for me, then I'm sure the world can work in mysterious ways. But no. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm sure there is someone out there would accept those things as payment, though. But yeah. maybe, maybe for their commission on the sale, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, last weekend I won Tats Lotto, and you know, nice eighty million dollars turned up. You know, yes. <laughs> look, you know, I like to buy a house and give you eighty million dollars. Yay! Um, can I give you the lottery ticket to transfer? Oh, maybe you can give it to me personally and I'll maybe oh. promise that I'll give it to you, but no. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Okay. No, don't trust me. <laughs> okay. Now the last one, um, which I'm sure a lot of people have tried to do, is they've, um, can you rely on the government incentives as the deposit? So this is a really, really good question because there are a couple of government incentives out there about matching deposits and mm-hmm. 5% deposit scheme and things like that. But 9.99 times out of 10, when you sign a contract of sale, contract law states offer acceptance and a monetary value needs to be paid. So okay, the deposit, which is the cash, to be paid upon signing of that document or at a later date that is stipulated. Most government incentives don't come through that quickly or at all until settlement. So you need to have the money up front for the deposit. Mm. And that's where, as I said, everything's negotiable. If you've got $5,000 in cash, we can negotiate for a $5,000 deposit instead of a $25,000 deposit or whatever it might be to reflect the cash because a lot of the times the government incentives that come through to give a cash injection to the purchase, such as first home buyer's grant, you don't get it for settlement. So the cash has got to go first and then the government incentives or the grants will come in to top it up. Yes, because I'm sure there's some first home buyers going, well, I could just get the ball rolling. Usually when you're in regional Victoria... I mean, they get a $20,000 first-time buyer's grant. Then if you're building a new home, you get a $15,000 builder's grant. And then some of the developers yeah. are offering cash back and things like that. So there are, especially yeah. up, you know, in the regional areas, there are house and land packages that you only have to pay $2,000 of a cash deposit. You have to wow. have $2,000 cash deposit. The incentives will then bring you up to where you need to be to finish it. 
you have to have that $2,000. Yeah, there has to be cash. And that, that, that's where yeah. a lot of people get caught out because the income could prob- could support it. The incentive would bring them yeah. up to what they need, but they have to have that gap, which is the cash, at the start to secure the property. Fair enough. Yeah. So we're going to have a short break and come back to talk to Kiani about other things we need to consider when putting down a deposit when buying property in Victoria. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and today we have KLM conveyancing queen Kiani Mills on to talk to us about deposits. So when we choose to do a bank transfer, can the money be transferred from someone else's account, say the bank of mum and dad, instead of the name of the actual purchases? Yeah, yeah so I guess there's, there's two sides of an answer for this because mm. for the deposit, the deposit gets paid straight into the real estate agent's trust account. So as long as, say, Bank of Mum and Dad provided a receipt to daughter who was buying the property and the daughter was able to provide a copy of the receipt proving that the the payment was made, the real estate agent can marry up the two and add it across. So that's okay. Where you might get caught out is on the home loan side of things. Most of the time, the the bank, the lender, only want to see a deposit receipt that doesn't necessarily say bank of mum and dad. But Mm. with your home loan, you have to be able to show funds to complete. So those Mm. funds to complete have been in bank of mum and dad and not in daughter's bank account. Sometimes that can play havoc with getting formal loan approval if she can't prove her funds to complete. Mum and dad may then need to provide a stat deck or something saying that they are gifting her the money. Um, But Mm. you've just got to be really careful, especially if you've got a 30-day settlement. You wouldn't want to get caught up on a technicality and lose time Mm. and potentially, you know, miss the settlement date because the money's been transferred from the wrong account. So I would always be prudent to transfer it from bank of mum and dad to daughter, daughter to agent yeah, or, or, or a bank check. Because that could also stuff up your application for getting any government grants, couldn't it? Or not? It can because it's all the bank. Yeah, the bank side on yeah. everything. So if you can't get the bank through, then you might not even have a conversation about grants because you haven't gotten the home loan. Yeah, so there's got to be a really clear trail of circumstance. If the home loan application's gone through and it was always knowing that the deposit would come from bank mum and dad, then that's fine. Yeah. We'd have to just stipulate with the real estate agent, this is the deposit and this is, you know, the triangle of who's who in the zoo. But you just want to make sure that you've got all of your T's crossed and all of your I's dotted before you make a monumental stuff up by accident yeah. and, you know, it could cause you grief. Yes. Yeah, it's not it's not fun at the afterthoughts. It's better to be done beforehand. Sure. Yeah. Now, as most people have a limit when doing a bank transfer from their own account, say their limit say $5,000, when buying a property at auction, how much do we need to come up with on the actual auction? Yeah, good question. So, 
every time I speak to a new client, there's a couple of things that I ask them to find out from the real estate agent before going to auction. One of them is what kind of settlement does the vendor want? And then the other one is Mm -hmm. how much are they expecting as a holding deposit? Because realistically, as you said, maybe we can up our limit to 20 grand, but it definitely can't Mm -hmm. be up to 100 or 200 or $300,000 depending on how much that property is. So the real estate agent will have an idea. It might be transfer me $5,000 electronically right now on your phone on the day of auction Mm -hmm. and then next business day Monday pop into the bank bank, and do a transfer for the rest of it. Okay, sometimes it can be pre-negotiated that, say, for instance, my limit was 20 grand. I would pay 20 grand over the next four days to get me up to my Mm. $80,000 deposit. Alternatively, it's pop into the bank on the Monday, do a telegraphic transfer, which costs you about $28, and the funds will be there in an hour. Yeah, that's probably the best one. Yeah, look, I just the real estate agent is running the show and every agent will want something different. So you can yeah. keep a rule of thumb if you want, but <laughs> they don't, they, you know, they run their own races. So it's always best <laughs> to just check and find what it is that they're expecting on the day so that you're not surprised yeah. or caught off guard. Yeah. So how long do we have to get the remaining deposit to the agent? So say we've had a $20,000 limit on the auction day, able to give them that, but we still owe them another 80000 Yep. How many days is acceptable? Yeah, look, again, it's a bit like how long is a piece of string? Generally yeah. at an auction, the rule is 10% deposit or whatever the negotiated deposit is payable on the day of signing. That's not physically possible so there is a bit of a window of leeway but if it's pre-negotiated then generally there's a a few days leeway but what I tell Mm. every client is pay the holding deposit on the auction date and then go into the bank on the Monday and provide them the receipt on the Monday because then that way you haven't forgotten about it you haven't run out of time there's no way you can possibly default because one of our biggest defaults under our contracts is people not paying the deposit on time because some yeah some brokers have a belief that or a misunderstanding that if your contract is subject to finance that also means that the deposit isn't due until your finance is approved but that's not correct the deposit is totally independent finance approval is totally independent so unless you purposefully and physically stipulate that the deposit is payable upon finance approval that deposit is always payable on the day of signing or the next business day because auctions are usually saturday i know when i bought this place i think we had till wednesday to pay the final amount yeah and again it might be if it was a private sale there's a cooling off period as well so sometimes they will say deposit the balance of deposit is paid upon non-cooling off and um, otherwise yeah. it can be you can put a week in there you can put two weeks in there if you need time so I say to clients too, if, you're, yeah. if your money's in a term deposit then you need time if your money is yeah. invested or bank of mum and dad we need time so don't sell yourself short and say you're going to pay it on the Monday when you know you can't pay it till the Friday we just put in a date and we say it's going to be paid on the Friday but it's thinking about these things beforehand that's really important yeah I've got a feeling we may have had a uh, a Melbourne Cup in there. That's probably why Wednesday was allowed. Yeah, yeah. 
public holidays. Now, what happens to that deposit while we are waiting for settlement? It sits tied up in a nice little bow in the real estate agent's trust account, not earning interest, not allowed to be touched by anybody, (laughs) sitting there on its lonesome, waiting for settlement. Sometimes there are um, conditions in our contract of sale that allow for the deposit to be paid to the vendor's solicitor and Mm -hmm. same thing. It's sitting in a trust account, a statutory trust account, and waiting for settlement. Now, there are two experiences where one is an off the plan and that deposit may be invested to earn interest. So that is an mm-hmm. off the plan purchase. Or if um, we were going to go down the path of the vendor accessing the deposit under Section 27 of the Sale of Land Act. But that's probably a podcast in itself. <laughs> yes, we've I, actually, I think we've done a podcast in Section 27. Yep. So I won't touch on yep. that one too much because it's bloody confusing. <laughs> you know, notwithstanding off the plan and Section 27, it sits in the, the, the trust account. Sounds good. Can you buy a house in Australia using an overseas financial lender? The foreign buying requirements have changed a lot. There was a hard blanket rule, no. And then they, because they stopped all of the foreign funding in Australia um, for the purposes of buying residential property. But Mm -hmm. there are lenders, funders out there that bring the cash to Australia and then convert it across. And I do know Mm -hmm. of a company now that has the ability to and it has FIRB approval to be able to transfer cryptocurrency into oh. cash to purchase property in Australia. Ooh. Yeah. So that it's not the deposit, it's the actual remaining funds. Yeah. Can be used. Correct. Mm. Yeah. So mm. from a foreign perspective, there has to be the foreign investment board, the foreign investment review yeah. board, they must have approval to buy it. And that's based on their visa and their current residency standing. And then all foreigners have to pay an additional stamp duty. Yes. So it's a bit more expensive. It is a bit more expensive. But I don't actually have a direct clear yes or no answer because I'm pretty sure there are ways around it. If it was a direct person overseas, not in Australia, never been to Australia, foreign money to come and buy a property here that they'd never seen, I'm going to say no. But if it was a little bit more convoluted where they were here and they were allowed to be here but their money was overseas, then I believe they can, through means of their own, get it here to be able to purchase property. Yeah, but it has to be converted to Australian dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't take foreign. It always has to be converted. So, Mm. yeah, fair enough. So is there anything else you think we may have missed? Posits are a funny creature, but it really is assessing your current circumstance, mm. you know your property, if you know you're buying a property for 500000 and you've only got a deposit of forty five, do don't mm. sign a contract saying you're going to pay a 10% deposit because you can't. Yeah. So be practical and mm. be realistic about it. Don't be ashamed of it. Everything in this world is negotiable, but you've got to do it beforehand, yeah. especially if you're going to auction. So, you know, make sure that the agent knows, look, I've got 45000 you know, are you okay accepting that prior to me bidding at this auction? That's right. If I'm successful, 
I've got $45,000 for a deposit. It's going to take me three days to get it to you. Yeah. And I'll pay you $1,000 today. The balance will be with you within three business days. Done. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And they can say yes or no. Yeah. And look, honestly, if your number's right in the bidding war, they're going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, they will. You know, yeah. everything's negotiable, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, their job is to get the best offer for their client. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So thanks again, Kiani, for opening our eyes into what is possible in real estate transactions and what's definitely not. Now, do you have any special offers for real estate right listeners? 15% off for any clients that come to us via real estate right. Sounds good. Okay. So now how can we contact you? We have social media galore and you can check out our website, which is currently being updated. So it's very, very cool. And you can book in a consultation with any of the team at any time or email me kiani at klmconveyancing.com.au. Beautiful. Thanks so much. So your website is klmconveyancing.com.au, yeah? It is. That's cool. Okay, so thanks again, Kiani. Next week, we have Angelo Soldatus from Brian Signs talking to us about putting up a signboard when selling or leasing a property and the processes that need to be adhered to when wanting a signboard up at your property. Don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for his voiceover. Real Copyright is a leading real estate copywriting service throughout Melbourne. If you would like your property copywritten by Real Copyright, please book your copy through orders at realcopyright.com.au. If you would like us to help, create more valuable real estate information for the people of Melbourne in this podcast. Contact sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. Give me a-